Welcome, everyone. We are simulationists across the globe, bringing together our different perspectives as we discuss our failures in simulation and how to learn from these failures so that maybe we can save you from painful experiences. Welcome to Sim Fails and other conversations from the Sim Sofa. I am Sasha Milibotti from Down Under, Australia. I'm Kirsty Freeman from that little island called Singapore. <laughs> and I'm Janice Palaganis from Boston, USA. Sup, friends. Howdy. Got my cup of tea ready for a little chat today. <laughs> yes, it's in the morning here as well. Ready for this one. It's the evening here, but I do not have wine. I have water. Cheers. Oh, no. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers to you all. So I thought today I wanted to share a little story from... Do you remember in the days, and for some people it's going to be just today, where you were, you were it, you were the be all end all, you were the only person that was running your simulation. So you were both simulation educator, simulation designer, editor, uh, you were the technician, you had to do the whole thing. And back in the day where now I'm really privileged, I work in an environment where I have a team of people that support me. But back in the day when I was learning to manage everything, something slipped through and I made some mistakes and one of the mistakes that I was sort of reflecting on this week as I was running some some scenarios at work was some technical failures um, I happened to be doing some mannequin based simulation where I had programmed some stuff incorrectly um, and as I you know I, you I'd done the right thing you know I'd practiced my scenario beforehand um, with me and all my friends being me, myself and I. And so I hadn't picked up that I had, you know, programmed something as simple as a cardiac rhythm, I know, uh, incorrectly into my mannequin software program. And it meant that as a scenario ran and the learners participated, it went somewhere different than what I had anticipated. And it took me a long time to pick it up um and I just it just it was one of those scenarios where this uh, how do I it was difficult to know how to then you know get it back on track to my learning objectives because it had gone it was a completely different simulation to what I had expected and I was so caught up with it at the moment that I just couldn't save myself have you been there or am I the only one I have definitely been there and not so much I mean the worst one I can think of is um, you would have thought that we were simulating an exorcism because we were trialing one of the first uh, mannequins of that that uh, version, and the mannequin's head started smoke started coming out of its neck. <laughs> oh my god! And so yeah, it's like, what do you do in the moment? What do you do in the moment, Sasha? What about you? Uh, this is something like even with today's technology, we have all the technology layered to alert us about things that are happening, not, not even in the days that Kirsty is describing where we were just by ourselves, but even today, and I'm finding it even harder now that we have to manage so many more different and high technological things, but definitely um, things that uh, we haven't turned on monitors or the wrong x-rays up on the screen for the participants to watch. Um, and it is that, for me, it's the conundrum. What do I do? Do I pause and restart the case being honest with my participants or should I just keep 
going and then debrief whatever we can and learn from this experience. I wanted to ask you, Kirsty, did you pause the, the exercise or did you just keep going? I just kept going and dug myself a deeper hole, to be honest. Um, and uh, I just... As I said, it took a, a fair bit of time for me to realise, because you know what it's like when you're multitasking um, and, you know, because I was, was going to have to debrief this, so I was too busy watching the participants and just reminding myself right now and then to press a button on the, the mannequin's um, laptop, that I, I just missed it. Um, and I don't know, to, I think I was too scared to stop it because isn't that going to show my failure as an educator that I'd stuffed up? Yeah, and I think your situation's different. I mean, in technical glitches, there's the chance that it's your fault and you know, it's your fault. And then you have this extra cognitive load and guilt and, and, you know, what do I do? And then there's technical glitches that you just can't control and the whole world, like, you know, smoke coming out of a neck. That's not, you know, clearly the educator's fault. That's like something else going on and you just have to stop it. So I think, in your situation, that's really difficult because it puts you in a bad situation of, are you prepared to debrief, uh, you know, SVT when you meant to do AFib or something like that, you know, and, and especially novice educators, are they prepared to debrief it? And I think that's the bigger issue is if you're not prepared to debrief it, should you just stop it? Yeah. So I honestly, this happened so many years ago and there are so many things that I've obviously blocked out because um, you're right, Janice, for me, there was a lot of feelings of guilt, inadequacy um, that, you know, I was living at the moment, which really impacted my ability to really be present at the time and to, to make some of those on the spot decisions about you know, flexibility as a scenario and roles, um, which I think something is very much a skill set for all of us involved in education is to adapt and be flexible because it's not always a technical um, aspect that uh, might go awry. It could just be our participants participate differently or, you know, it just goes somewhere different to what you'd expected, even though everything you had planned was perfect. But I just didn't have that ability to... Um, to not take, I, I was taking it personally and I felt really guilty and that way really limited my ability to be flexible and adaptable at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that using that, that frame that you're mentioning about feeling guilty, I think that it is hard to overcome. And at the same time, I think that I try to accept that I can make mistakes and that the participants need to know that we are vulnerable. Um, and that we can make mistakes even though we are doing our best, like basic assumptions for us as well, right? Um, and I tend to default into the concept of name it to tame it. I think that being honest with our participants from the, from the start is extremely important. And uh, on one hand, first to try to get out of this hole, name it to tame it, right? Being honest with them and saying, look, this, is, uh, this happened, it wasn't the intention. However, I still think that we can learn from what happened in that case um, and let's look at it and let's analyze it anyway, rather than throwing away all the time of briefing and doing the case and everything and throwing the course out of the window. And then on the other hand is how to prevent this from happening in the future. Uh, and in our case, or what I try to do is, uh, I am very bad at multitasking, I have to acknowledge that, and I don't debrief and run my own computer. Um, it is something that I give the task to someone else, 
uh, you do the computer, I'm going to observe the participants. And uh, I think that for me, that would be one, one, one thing to, to get out of this conversation. I think for me, as I reflect back on my experience over the last, you know, this, as I said, this was about 10 years ago, um, uh, what's changed for me and why I think I might manage it differently is very much that I think how I see my relationship with my learner has changed in that I think I'm more open to learning with my learner. So as you said, I, I feel more, um, I don't know, more comfortable in my own skin that this is a journey we're on together. Whereas back then, and I see it a lot in, in new educators, this expectation that when you start, you have to be the oracle of all knowledge and you have to be great, you know, and it's, you know, maybe it's part of that, you know, fake it till you make it, you know, we, we need to, you know, if I'm doing this, I must be really good at it. But that to give ourselves permission to to not be, and as you say, to bring our learners along with the experience and and use it as part of the conversation and say, you know, what I would love to have done in that debrief is go, ah, oh, so you might have seen this on the screen. Yeah, that wasn't what I was expecting. This is actually what I wanted to present you with. But, you know, uh, you know, own it, you know, and say this wasn't. What, what would you have done if, you know, you had seen what I wanted you to see, that sort of thing. So I think that's probably might be how I would approach it now. Um, but Sasha, you're right, that privilege of having more people, but there are many out there in our society that that don't have that luxury of a variety of people to do those tasks. So one of the things I did was cognizant of was trying to make the scenario simple so that it, it wasn't too didn't require too much of my attention to change too many things so that I could try and pay attention to my learners. So with your with your decades of learning now, Kirsty, and in hindsight, you would have you would have told them in the debriefing and then focused on the hypothetical if you did see this. So the topic you were prepared. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I very much would have therefore, you know, debriefed what we saw Yeah, because uh, I wouldn't want to do disrespect to what I had provided the learners because um, that was still a lived experience. It's still something really powerful. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I feel I have this responsibility to the curriculum uh, and what we had designed. And so, you know, have a conversation around that too. So I, I really, I, what I like about what you said, Kirsty, is um, – couple things, but now I'm, I'm starting, I want to actually bring it to our conversation to see what you think. Uh, what I really like about it is uh, so many times with novice debriefers, I'll see them say, oh yeah, that wasn't supposed to happen. And then they give room and then the entire debriefing becomes about the technology in the room. And that's not what you want. And I like how you just, you know, acknowledge it, move to the hypothetical and then talk about what you're prepared to talk about. But as I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering, you know, from a learner perspective, how would I feel as a learner having just done a case, wanting to talk about that case, but now have to talk about a hypothetical? Like, do you, should we give that room for them to breathe at the risk of the debriefing talking about technology? So what I try to do in situations where it's possible, uh, I'm going to give another example rather than the different rhythm. For example, I've forgotten to turn on the pulse uh, on the patient, so they couldn't really feel the pulse, even though they were meant to feel a pulse. Um, and as much as I will try and be honest, I will try to make it something that it is possible 
to happen in real life. For example, I would try and say something along the lines of, and there are people out there where it is really difficult to feel the pulse, isn't there? Have you been in that situation when maybe someone who is morbidly obese, uh, you can't feel radial pulse um, and we still have to you know, um, deal with that. And I tried to, to apply it to uh, clinical practice if, if it's possible. That, that is one technique that I tried to use uh, going on with what Janice was just saying. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, once again, I don't want to, yeah, Janice, get them to focus on the technical and, and how a simulation runs. That's you know, they're, they're learners learning about healthcare, not learners learning about how to run simulation. That's a whole nother course that we all run in our spare time. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but I, as I think I mentioned, I wouldn't want to be disrespectful to the experience that they just had. And I think it's important to, to um, pay respect to that. So, you know, it was, uh, I, it was something that happened a period of time ago, but stuff that I'm cognizant of can happen at any point in the scenarios that we're running, that there are technical glitches, whether they are things created by myself or stuff that I hadn't anticipated, you know, as you said, Janice, a little bit of uh, smoke coming out of your mannequin. Um, I burnt some hair on a defibrillator, uh, one of those wigs. That doesn't smell nice either. But um, <laughs> whatever it is, I would love people to, to share what, you know, what little mishaps have they had uh, that have, uh, you know, happened whilst they've been running scenarios, whether of their own accord or things that have happened by, uh, by the technology in the room. I'd love to hear from everyone else too. And I wonder if we could summarize by, you know, I feel like there's proactive tips that we could talk about. And I would love to hear what other people are doing. There's in the moment tips um, and then also during debriefing tips, things that happen after. Um, and I think we talked a lot about things that you could do during debriefing. Um, we didn't really talk that much about things you could do during, which is, I think most of us send in someone to like, Hey, put on a stethoscope, go in there and tell them you, this is what you really hear. Um, in the moment you can make some interventions and then, uh, but proactively, I think it's, this is the important part of experience. And you can just like simulation, you could simulate these glitches for educators and allow them to practice how they would handle it and discuss it as well. And that, you know, give them the, the fact that technology glitches are a big part of simulation and prepare them and um, talk through what they can do. Well, thank you, Kirsty, for bringing up that experience. I think it was enlightening as always. Um, and I think we're going to wrap it up. Ladies, what do you think? Well, you know, I've finished my cup of tea, so probably need to get off the couch. But thank you both for meeting here again. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Janice. And I will be seeing you on the next SimFails podcast. Bye, guys. Share with us your failures at hashtag SimFails so others can learn from you too.